Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, good afternoon, everybody on the West Coast, actually on the East Coast, and good morning, everyone on the West Coast. I'm Patricia Raskin, host of Patricia Raskin Positive Living, and we have a a really outstanding guest for you today, and thought-provoking and inspirational online, and and very educational as well. We are talking to Dr. Eben Alexander, who is an MD and has been a neurosurgeon for the past 25 years including 15 years at Brigham and Women's and Children's Hospitals and Harvard Medical School in Boston. His brand new book is Proof of Heaven, A Neurosurgeon's Near-Death Experience and Journey into the Afterlife. Pretty amazing book, Dr. Alexander. Um, how did you, how, give us just a quick thumbnail of how this happened because you had a near-death experience and an amazing one which has brought you back to be able to share it with millions of people and all over the world. So can well, you can you share just part of it for us? Yes, I think I had spent 20 years thinking uh, I knew how the brain and mind and consciousness worked in my neurosurgical career, and then very suddenly I was stricken down with severe bacterial meningitis that drove me into coma within a few hours, and I was... Uh, in deep coma on a ventilator for seven days and then came back. If you had asked me before my coma how much such a patient would remember, one who was so deathly ill, I would have told you they would have experienced nothing and remembered nothing. And that's why it was shocking when I came back that I actually had this extraordinary odyssey that I remembered from deep within coma. And that has changed my whole view of, of really of all our existence. Well, you know... I have an interesting question. Because you're a neurosurgeon, you were you able to look at this at all scientifically? In other words, how the brain must have looked during that time when you had the near-death experience? Well, yes, I think that's one reason why my story has really taken off in the scientific community is not so much because I was a neurosurgeon. The more important thing by far was that I had a very severe bacterial meningitis that should have killed me and should absolutely have left no possibility of remembering any kind of experience whatsoever. And yet I remembered a tremendous amount of experience. And in fact, the meningitis was so severe 
that it completely deleted all memories, including language, words, everything mm-hmm. about my life before coma was gone, both deep within coma and for the first few weeks after I came back. It took about six weeks for all my prior life mm-hmm. memories to turn. And during mm-hmm. that time, I was busy writing down everything I could remember from deep within coma, and I did not read anything about near-death experiences while I was right, writing right. all that. So it was a real shocker to have that tremendous amount of experience when I should have experienced nothing at all. Mm. So after, so when you came out of the coma, you started writing quickly. Very quickly. In fact, I had my wife wow. a notebook in the hospital so I could start writing. And again, very important to stress. I remembered nothing of my previous life, my language and family memories were starting to come back in those first few days. Uh, but a lot of my education and training, knowledge in neuroscience and consciousness took several weeks to come back. Mm. And all that time I was busy writing down this incredible experience that I remembered perfectly when I first came out of Amazing. it. In fact, I remember it now as if it happened yesterday, even though so it happened before. Yeah, so it's as though... It's as though that experience took over your life. You became that experience really for a couple of weeks until you came back in to this right. life. And, and it well, and, and of course, the lessons that I learned from that, because initially I was my own worst skeptic. I was, you know, my doctors had told me, well, you were so sick, you know, the dying brain can do anything. And of course, mm-hmm. we can't even explain how you got the disease and much less how you recovered mm-hmm. completely. It's still a medical miracle that I came back so completely. Um, mm-hmm. And But that message to me was basically, you don't take it seriously, just forget about it. And, of course, I couldn't forget about it. It changes everywhere mm-hmm. when it happens. But I was yeah. trying to as a brain-based phenomenon. So I was taking mm-hmm. them at their word, you know, as people often listen to their doctors, and the doctors say, oh, that was crazy, the dying brain can do anything. So I took that. You know, and believed it. Uh, but the problem is, the deeper I got into it, and then as I started reviewing my own medical records and looking at my scans, realizing how deathly ill I was with no neurologic function, there was no place for that to happen in my brain. And plus, the yeah, that's were there when it happened. And it that's happened what's amazing. Yeah, well, what would be amazing would be to look at a scan when you were going through that, which they probably did not do <laughs> during that time because they thought well, you were gone. Well, they actually did several scans, uh, CT and MRI scans. But the more telling information is actually my neurologic exam because I went in there in the hospital with very little remaining cortical function, neocortex function, which is the part where we put consciousness together. Uh, and that dwindled down to nothing by the end of that first day. And then, um, in fact, I had a lot of brain stem damage too. This was a very severe meningoencephalitis. And my CT MRI scans actually showed significant damage to the whole thickness of the cortex uh, on both sides that was quite severe. So there was really no place for any kind of conscious experience to occur. There might have been a flicker of something, but so nowhere that's like, near. What you're saying is it's a miracle. That's really what you're saying. Well, my recovery, my doctors would tell you that my recovery was a miracle. Any doctor who takes care of patients with severe bacterial meningitis will tell you it's an absolute shock that I can put three words together, mm-hmm. much less write a book about this and discuss the deeper mm-hmm. aspects Amazing. of quantum mechanics with it. So it's totally a miracle from that standpoint. Um, and, uh, you know, for me, it's just been a challenging uh, lesson to get, 
get deeply into to try and understand what it's telling us about the nature of consciousness and our existence. Yeah. Really, really amazing story. So tell me um, the journey. What was the journey like? What was the story into this new world? Okay. Well, it it all started uh, deep in a murky realm that in the book I call the earthworm eye view. Um, And that... Again, I remember no language, no nothing of humans on Earth, this universe, all those memories gone. And it was a kind of a foamy, non-responsive uh, realm that was very monotonous. And then I was rescued after a very long period of time by this lovely spinning white melody, a clear white light and a perfect musical melody, and up into a valley, verdant, very alive and lush, flowers blossoming, blooming. And in the valley, I was on the wing of a butterfly. And, of course, uh, not for the skeptics to get confused over this. This is not an earthly butterfly, but it was a. that's the best earthly word I can apply to what was around me. The scene is very much non-earth-like, although there are millions of these beautiful flying creatures with colors beyond the rainbow, a beautiful girl beside me who never spoke but gave me pure comfort of unconditional love, that I was loved and cherished deeply forever, would be cared for, had nothing to fear, and nothing I could do wrong in that realm. And then from that gateway realm, as I call it, outside of the entire higher dimensional multiverse, outside of all of time, outside of even deep time, which has to do with causality in the higher realms, and with that all-powerful, all-loving, divine creator of everything. Mm. I wouldn't even use the word God in original writings, but that's clearly who this was. And what are some of the things she said to you? Well, the the guardian angel, as I came to call her when I was writing it up, on the butterfly wing, said, you are deeply loved and cherished forever. You will be taken care of. You have nothing to fear. There's nothing you can do wrong in that realm, nothing Mm. I could do. Clearly, one can do plenty wrong in this realm, but in that realm, nothing I could do wrong. And it was so comforting and reassuring. And those were not words. It was the pure conceptual flow. Mm-hmm. Dr. Alexander, what? I, mean, I want to hear more of the story, of course, but now that you're back and you're with us and in this world, what has that brought to you? How has that changed your life? What? What's really the message for people? Well, I can tell you that it changed everything. Initially, uh, I was very uh, uh, affected by the experience, as are millions of others who have had near-death experiences, so that's no surprise. Um, My doctors told me that such bizarre and wild, ultra-real kind of dreamlike things uh, uh, are commonly reported, but not seriously, so I did not... I thought, well, there must be some explanation based in the brain for how this happened. And I tried to explain that ultra-reality and that pure conceptual flow and the very vivid alive and the the way things happen there by pure experience and not through sensory pathways that we're used to. Um, and trying to explain all that as brain-based, but after several months, and especially when I reviewed my medical records and realized that the clues were there that showed me that that whole coma experience happened during days one through five when I was deep in coma, when my exam Mm. showed my brain was really shut down, Mm. I came to realize that it seemed too real to be real because it really happened, not happened in the brain, was not a hallucination, not a dream, those parts of my brain weren't even working. 
and it truly happened, but not in my brain and not in the physical realm. And that was stunning, which, of course, is why it has changed my life so completely and why I now am fully into sharing my story around the world because of the importance of it for all of us. And a huge part of this is knowing that consciousness is something that is completely mystical to the scientific community. The scientific community has no idea how mm-hmm. emerges from the physical brain. And that is a crucial thing for people to understand. Yeah, I think that, and I think there's another point here that I'd like you to point out, and that is that that message from this guardian angel who said, you can do nothing wrong, you are loved for who you are, where does that carry over into this life where there's so much skepticism and so much distrust? Well, I think it carries over because... In essence, each and every one of us is a very uh, dearly beloved soul cherished by that all-powerful creator. And to simply know how deeply loved we are by that creator does a world of good towards taking us towards um, um, a much richer awareness of our existence. There's a lot of complexity to this. The only way to uh, kind of understand it was to realize that reincarnation must be a huge part of our makeup. And that ends up uh, explaining so much about near-death experiences and after-death communications, about our our connections with our loved ones, with soulmates through all of space and time. It's also crucial to understand that the time flow in that outer realm, as I said earlier, uh, there's what I call a deep time, which is... Uh, from that outer realm, our soul spirit has access into any parts of our space-time here. And uh, again, it's, this is not something you can simply go through in five minutes to explain to people. Uh, it has a fair amount of rich complexity to it. I go into some of that in this first book, but I'm working on a sec- second book that will greatly expand on a lot of the message. The first book was written mainly for the general reader, and there was only so much of my journey that I could put in there. The second book will expand on it tremendously. What has been the response, Dr. Alexander, to your book and to your work? You've been on many national radio shows, including Dr. Oz and Oprah and Katie, so you really are getting this message out. What's the response you're getting from viewers? Well, I would say that uh, in large measure, I think the success of the book, because uh, although I, I knew when I figured out the, the power of my journey and, and the message that was within it, I knew the book, uh, if I put the work into it, and my wife will tell you I got up for, uh, I got up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning for several years to write this book because I was so compelled to try and get it right. And the manuscript is actually more than three times as long as the current book, Proof of Heaven, because I was writing it for myself to fully understand uh, the journey as much as I could. And so then we, a lot of that was very deep understanding about the nature of space, time, and causality. And so that was too over the top for an original book going out to the general public. So much of that had to be stripped out, but that'll go into the, the second book. But the response has been very positive, by and large. I think it's because it resonates with souls and reminds them of something mm-hmm. they know deep down that can be quite mm-hmm. buried in our culture. Mm-hmm. And the scientific community, the more people know about physics, about quantum mechanics, and about consciousness, and about how little the physical uh, science can uh, say about consciousness, which is just about zero, um, 
then they're very accepting and they're very open and they realize my journey is very powerful and very instructive about the nature of reality. And Mm -hmm. so there it has a lot of acceptance. For the people who are not as well uh, kind of educated about the nature of existence, about physics, cosmology, the nature of space and time, and the uh, nature of uh, quantum mechanics and and the kind of the front edges of string theory and other aspects of our modern thinking about existence, those people may have a little more trouble and kind of miss the deeper points of the book. And certainly mm-hmm. there are the skeptics out there, the pseudo-skeptics, who don't know anything about severe bacterial meningitis, don't know anything about consciousness, who have very little to offer, but they simply say, well, it can't have happened. Yeah. Now, are you writing primarily now, or are you still working as a neurosurgeon or doing both? Well, I'm very old school, which means you operate on patients and you're there 24 and 7 for those patients. That has not been possible quite a long time now. I did continue to see uh, patients from my colleagues as outpatients, uh, but it's gotten far too busy going around giving talks, presentations, interviews, writing the second book, etc. I do want to get back into patient care at some time, but it will be mainly working with patients who are in hospice and ICUs, right. helping yeah, families. That's, that's so important. Right. Dr. Alexander, I, what, is it, what is it you want people to get from all of this? What is your, your hope? That, what message would you like to have take from what happened to you and your writing? I think the most important message for people to get is that, in fact, thousands of near-death experiences are reporting something that's very crucial for our modern thinking to understand. And, in fact, uh, so many of those people, the vast majority of those souls who do that journey and other types of spiritual experiences. That's why I recommend people visit Eternia, E-T-E-R-N-E-A dot org for both education and to tell their own story about their spiritual experiences mm-hmm. because there are hundreds of millions of these stories alive today that can wake this whole world up when people know yeah. the reality. The reality of that all-loving God at the core of it all, and it's all about bringing us together, breaking down the boundaries, okay. these artifacts between religion and science, artificial boundaries between various religions, artificial boundaries between spirituality and religion and science, and trying to bring it all together where it makes much more sense. And my conclusions are based on very rigorous scientific philosophical analysis of consciousness and about my journey based on severe bacterial meningitis, which really should have allowed no experience whatsoever, not this ultra-real odyssey that I actually had. Dr. Alexander, do you think that you, in your own life now, having experienced this, do you think that you're more trusting? Has more good come to you? I mean, as the, as the angel said, you're always protected, you're always taken care of, you can do no wrong. Do you think you've internalized some of what the angel said now? Well, I know I have, and, and a big part of my message is to let everyone know that we're all alike in this. We are all eternal spiritual beings, and that's far more powerful than the view that I used to have, which was that we were material beings and we had birth to death and that was it. And I promise you that that is not the case. It's very crucial for people to understand this, that we are actually all connected as one, 
uh, as these spiritual conscious beings, and at the deepest levels, of course, all connected to the divine, to the all-powerful, all-loving creative source at the core of it all, who many would call God or Brahman, Allah, whatever your name might be for that all-powerful creative deity. But it's all about being together, about compassion, forgiveness, and sharing that unconditional love of the creator. And that all this is very real. And that's what I'm bringing to the table uh, is just awakening people who might have been skeptical about such things in the past to tell them that based purely on neuroscientific principles around consciousness, enigma of quantum mechanics, that all they need to do is look at the facts that I portray about those particular features that appear so enigmatic from a purely materialistic standpoint and show all-powerful God brings it. Yes, and if you want to look at this from kind of a spiritual point of view, you could uh-huh. say you could say that you were chosen because of your profession and, and your your stature and what you've done in your life with the brain that you were somehow chosen to go through this so you could be a powerful messenger to come back and tell the story. What do you think of that? Well, I think it took me more than two years to get to that point because I was trying to write it up as a neuroscientist and treat it all yeah. as an yeah. scientist doctor, but I think that in fact you're right. It's important for people to know, and I explain all this in my book, but I spent the eight years before my coma as an absolute uh, agnostic. I I did not believe there was any possibility Mm. of a loving personal God and that there was absolutely zero chance that prayers ever worked. That's how I spent eight years until my coma. Wow. Wow. Ever, ever doubt the power of prayer and also the power of all-loving God and how real that all-loving God is at the very core of our consciousness and that each and every one of us can get right into that through deep uh, centering prayer and deep meditation. Uh, I do a lot of work now. People can go to lifebeyonddeath.net to learn more about sacred acoustics and the work I do with auditory enhancement of deep transcendental Mm -hmm. consciousness. Mm -hmm. Are you going to start giving workshops, Dr. Alexander, in some of these things? Um, Yes, I will. In fact, I gave a webinar series uh, in February with Sounds True that was uh, also mm. in conjunction with Sacred Acoustics um, in terms of bringing some of these uh, exercises that take people to deep conscious levels, transcendental consciousness, um, through these audio files that we're uh, making with uh, Sacred Acoustics. Um, something else that I wanted to ask you. Do you find now, because of the way you have changed in your belief and in your consciousness, that the people that you're in contact with now are kinder, more loving, more giving? Are you finding that, that you're bringing more of that into your life naturally because of the way you think? Yeah, I think that's very true. And in fact, I think that this whole world is changing in that direction. I think that a lot of what we've seen in recent years, the cataclysm uh, in the economy worldwide, uh, the Arab Spring, I think there are a lot of indicators that uh, we're kind of cracking the shell of the egg uh, so that we can come together in a world that has a lot more harmony and a lot more taking care of each other and manifesting that love uh, of the Creator for each and every one of us uh, showing the compassion and forgiveness to make this world a far better place. And I think that is what we are seeing now. And I, I'm certainly finding a lot more of that in my own personal life. Well, that's why I do my, my work. I mean, my program, Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, is all about that. And it's it's really wonderful, the work that you're doing. 
because it, it's helping so many people and giving a lot of people a voice, uh, you know, who have had these kinds of stories, if you, as you've said, that may not have been believed before. But your right. story has been so powerful that it's helping other people with a voice share their stories as well. Right. I think it's crucial for people to understand this is a very deep reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it perfectly science and spirituality can come together and strengthen each other tremendously. The little petty, simplistic uh, battles between science and spirituality were very false. Mm-hmm. So yes. we're now moving beyond all of that. And um, Raymond Moody, who is very well known, his book is Life After Life, says this about your book. Dr. Even Alexander's near-death experience is the most astounding I've heard in more than four decades of studying this phenomenon. He is living proof of an afterlife. So that's, that's a really nice way to close. Um, how can people, again, find your book, courses, tapes, webinars? The best, the best thing is they should visit my website, lifebeyonddeath.net. And uh, you can learn a whole lot more about my story in the book there. In addition, people who want to leave their own uh, spiritually transformative experience or learn everything about all kinds of those experiences, visit Eternia, E-T-E-R-N-E-A dot org. And people who are interested in the meditative exercises that I'm working on with Sacred Acoustics, go to sacredacoustics.com. And they have some free downloads and people can learn a lot more there like about the uh, Sounds True webinar that we did in February. Okay. All right. I just want to let folks know I have been talking with, in this half hour, Dr. Eben Alexander, who is an MD, neurosurgeon, and his book is Proof of Heaven, A Neurosurgeon's Journey into the Afterlife. It's really amazing. And if you go on the website, and what was the website again, as you said to me? lifebeyonddeath.net right lifebeyonddeath.net there are many videos of the interviews that you've done on many of the major television talk shows so you can see that as well as listen to this so thank you very much Dr. Alexander for being on the program very enlightening and, and inspirational well thank you very much for having me I hope we get to talk again soon Yes, yes. Stay on the line for a minute, Dr. Alexander. Okay. All right, folks. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin, and you can log on to patriciaraskin.com or write to me, Patricia, at patriciaraskin.com. Bye for now. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.